Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, Andy, the month of May rolls on, more evergreen content to put into the books, and in I'm books. kind of excited about this one. This is one I put on the list and didn't really know what we were going to, how we were going to weave it in or what we were going to even really talk about. I still but the, don't. But just thinking about it today, I have a lot of different angles I want to go in here, um, and I like the title, Quality Over Quantity. Uh, really just kind of a play on the idea of there is there are certain sports, there are certain handicaps, certain markets where, you know, a mental model and qualitative analysis is going to get you to the right answer faster and directionally correct. And that's all you really need. Sometimes you don't need a precise answer of like, here's a, here's the best example I can give you, Andy. Jalen Hurts is going to miss the Cowboys game. What do you what do you do you care how much that's actually worth? Or do you just want to know directionally what to do with that information? Yeah, you just you just right know away, like, and then we'll well, figure I, out the rest I, later. I know which side I should bet on. And I mean another big thing, and we talk about this with a lot of different things, and God willing and the creek don't rise, eventually we get exchanges in more places. Like it's uh just blindly mash a button. And then figure the rest out later because you were directionally correct, and you can you can certainly regular your way out of a position or create a better position, create a middle later on. Like you don't you don't need to know. Yeah. He, it's like, oh, is he worth three or is he worth four points? And there was a lot of discussion on that. <laughs> I mean, that was Twitter for the whole day. And uh, you probably know, that's only days. that's only relevant to someone who's trying to hit a middle or trying to buy back or trying to. You know, just they missed on the they missed the initial move, and they want so they want to now you know find some other reason to bet that game. But no, I think well, even and to more, be fair, you yeah. figuring that out is useful. Of course, it's not it's not useful in the moment. It's useful of course. like like make your move, figure it out later. Of course, and I guess um, there's a lot of different ways to kind of think about mental models and their application. Uh, and you know, I mean, we're I think the most simple way I can kind of construct a definition of this for our purposes for this podcast is we want to take some qualitative information and make it probabilistic. If you know, pseudo probabilistic or at least a a good supplement to any sort of probabilistic or quantitative analysis you're doing. And I mean, yeah. just to, to dumb that down to those in the back, modeling, running numbers, creating sure. numbers, and then taking information that's not, you know, maybe not momentum, but you know, things that aren't so easily quantified, adding that to your handicap and determining, you know, how much of that, uh, how much of that matters, how much of it should be added and, does it actually take you off a bet? Does it add you know, value to a bet and create mm-hmm. a bet where you want to stake more? Mm-hmm. And I, it, and really right off the bat, when I was thinking about this today, when you brought the conversation up in the DMS was, you know, how much we've learned over the years and how dumb some of our opinions were years ago, or just some of the thoughts you have when you think you've learned something. And sure. I think it's, it's a really, a really good 
it'd be a really good lesson for just life or almost anything you do in life, but especially in this space in sports betting, gambling, any sort of quantitative analysis, you should never work in absolutes. Sure. Like, that's just thing. Like the nothing is a hundred percent damn near nothing. Like I really, really do think the sun comes up tomorrow, but I don't know. I don't know everything about astrophysics guys. I mean, they, it could explode and then the odds of that, there's a, there's a trillion zeros before that one, but there's a small chance. And the same thing goes for a lot of these, you know, lessons we learned. Like what's, what's an early lesson you learn? Parlays are bad. <laughs> and I think in a general sense, like parlays are bad, but then eventually you learn, well, that's not an absolute statement. Like, yeah. If we're able to find correlated parlays where the books have not protected themselves, suddenly mm -hmm. we're taking a couple of plus EV positions and sure. multiplying that value that we have on there. Same thing with uh, what I'm getting to is the green lumber fallacy. Like uh, having a lot of knowledge about a certain sport, being able to remember everything and knowing so much, let's just say basketball, let's go to NBA because knowing so much about basketball isn't going to win in the sports betting you have to understand the market. You have to understand a lot about the numbers. You have to be probably doing some modeling. But you can't go all the way. <laughs> and I hate to pick on a certain New Jersey resident where he's like, I don't even know who Andrew Luck is or you know, whatever the old saying is. Like sure. going full the other way usually isn't the answer. Like there is, there is a sweet spot in the middle where you can combine mm -hmm. your qualitative and your quantitative and – you know, like we said, supplement each other to really put yourself in the best position to, I don't know, just like be in good positions when attacking the market uh, yeah. as you go. Yeah. And I guess as I kind of stand back and look at like growth of growth of kind of, you know, um, ability as a player, leveling up as a player, you absolutely start with a purely quantitative opinion on stuff where it's literally like, well, my gut says this team's going to win. Well, why? I don't know. Price, <laughs> and, and yeah, price doesn't win. matter. Like, price uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Cowboys are clearly better than. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Quality. Oh yeah. Didn't you see like freaking, you know, why, you know, what New York got destroyed last week. No way they're beating, you know, Dallas this week. Uh, you know, qualitative stuff like that was pretty, uh, you know, pretty fundamental when you were originally, flipping coins starting doing this and then at some point you level up to okay i need some sort of quantif i need some quantitative underpinnings here i need to figure out how to make a number <laughs> i need to figure out what to you know what a fair price is and let's take let's find some data uh, i'm gonna crunch it in excel or r or python even if i'm if i'm real fancy um and now i got a number that's useful I still do kind of, I mean, I still basically the level I'm at for a regular season NBA. <laughs> I can't mental model my way to anything better than just kind of number crunching in regular season NBA. Um, but then eventually you level up to, you know, if you have the domain knowledge in your background and if you have, if you kind of get the quantitative underpinnings, I feel like, you know, you can level up to a place where I feel like you go back to qualitative matters more. And, you go back to just in general being able to come up with a mental model for a certain situation, a certain game, a certain set of outcomes. What is what? What should this probability distribution look like? We play this game all the time. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think what percentage chances would you say of this and this and this? 
Well, a lot I mean, of it comes down yeah. to the market too, doesn't it, Drew? It's uh, sure. Hey, here, here's a market where there's a lot known. It's uh, let's say we're seventy five percent through a season of this particular sure. sport, where the market is highly informed. A lot of players in the market, and obviously the market makers and the market people who are opening markets, are working with the same kind of information. Like sure. If yeah. if a, and that, I think that's true of a, when you end up with a robust market like one of the four major sports or high level soccer or tennis, and a lot of people are working with the same information. At that point, if you don't, you know, bring any of this qualitative stuff in, you're just going to come up with the market numbers. Like, of course, I yeah. can I can come up with the NFL yeah. market numbers. I can go about it five different ways and come up. Uh, yeah, I'm right on market with all the NFL stuff. Good. Yeah, and, what are we doing with that? <laughs> yeah, of course. No bets this week. And, no bets this week. <laughs> but then again, yeah. So again, I think for going from level one to level two, you got to have the quantitative from level two to level three it's going back to qualitative in my mind and then going from level three to level four i think it's going back to quantitative <laughs> and it's now like we got to get a precise number so that we can correctly price all of the pga championship future outrights and know exactly what to bet on each one of those uh you know and and or uh you know i need to know to the nearest five cents how much this catcher is worth in this baseball game tonight because he's out right like that's like a level four in terms of like you need that quantitative you know knowledge at that point but what i found is kind of going back and forth level three level four the mental part of it the mental model part of it almost always drives the quant stuff anyway because it's so much of it is like you're like okay you know tennis is a good example like okay i have some elo models like Hmm. I need to come up with a way to better capture surface because surface matters. I've watched a lot of tennis now and I know surface matters. And, you know, we got a clay guy up against a, a hard court specialist, but my ELO numbers are saying I should bet the hard court specialist. I want to change them so that it tells me to bet the clay specialist. Well, you know, you do you need do you really need <laughs> numbers to do that, or you've already mental modeled your way <laughs> that's, there? And that, that's right? such, yeah, that's such a good point too. Is like if you know the limitations of your model, of your your power ratings, your ELO, whatever you're using for various sports, if sure. you know yeah. if you know the inputs and you know the limitations, you don't always need to say like, oh man, I need to find a way to put weather into my model. <laughs> I think I think you'd be spinning your wheels at that point. You'd be you'd be spending a lot of time trying to figure out something, and I think you'd yeah. be un I think you'd be unhappy with the results, sure. especially with the amount of time you spent. Like the output, your ROI on your time and effort would be very piss poor, because like you said, it just needs to be a my numbers say this, but we also have pretty good data that. I'm not going to be betting it over when there's 70 mile an hour wind, like for a, a really stupid, easy example. Of course, or just yeah, something, right. like, something along those lines. Yes, is that so? The question is, is is X mile an hour winds? Is it worth two, two and a half, or three points to the total? Well. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You Dire need, directionally, you know, it just directionally means, like, correct. Which way do you play? The way the under. And sometimes yeah, directionally, and, and sometimes directionally, uh, being when you say directionally correct, it just means like pointing you in the right direction. Yes. You're not knowing, yeah. but sometimes directionally correct means just no bet. Yeah. Because there are some of those where it's like, uh, I know this is going to completely blow up my numbers. I know sure. the market is probably wrong. 
but sure. this could this is something that could create variance in eight different directions yeah and at that point i don't need to be involved in this market yeah right and so at that and i guess i would i would say i'm being like a, i'm being a little crass i'm being some I'm being tongue-in-cheek here like yes I, I i know it matters like you know how far off it should be like that definitely matters because if you're betting into close it's already been accounted for it potentially is over accounted for and there are probably some very sharp bettors who are very you know very well versed in handicapping the weather that make their edges around the close because spend bet over bet or under bet and they know uh and that's fine if you're at like level four quant and you know you're you're at that point you know kind of betting into those type of markets i'm talking about much more like it's monday you can get a good, decent sized bet down the opener's been bet down one point, but probably should be bet for like, let's let's bet that now. Let's just go under. Right. And like, this is happening now as we currently live and breathe watching the NBA playoffs with these late series totals. Like you, you, I, you almost wouldn't believe how much these game six and game sevens should be how much lower they should be ultimately lined. Like what fair is, is so much lower than the market can ever really capture that it kind of doesn't even matter what the right number is because it's never going to get there. You can bet into close in a lot of these games and you're getting a plus EV bet on the under. Um, yeah, and just that, and that's such a weird thing because it's true. We've seen it, we've seen it for a while, but it still just baffles me how anchored the market is to the numbers. That sure. They have been working with the rest of the series that they're not willing to go to that, even after this has happened multiple times. And I, I don't think it's not like some one off thing like, well, yeah, but these teams, you know, they're they're their range from playing, you know, 70 percent defense to 100 percent defense is so big. And they can take a step up, and that's why this happened. I mean, it's just happened. It happens yeah. in a bunch of different series. Yeah, and I guess what I'm getting at is like you can come up with some theories as to why what you're seeing is like why is this happening. Well, here are some theories. You can come up with a, a very sophisticated, um, like, I guess here's a good example. You watch game f one, two, three, four in a series, and you're like, okay, average time of possession per possession for this team a is 15 seconds average time of possession for team b is 16 cool i'm going to put together a possession level model to sim these games to get a distribution of outcomes of what the games could look like because i want to price the tails correctly because i'm going to bet into these alt markets or something like that right like this is a hypothetical sure. so you're going possession level you're getting your your distribution um, and then you notice as you get to game five, game six, you're like, geez, like my input of time per possession is now way off. It's taking 20 seconds here for them to get into their, you know, per possession 20, you know, and now you game seven, you're like, Jesus, it's taking like 23, 24. Like, this is crazy. Like how average time of possession is just blowing up and you know, the impact on number of possessions per game obviously is huge. And then, you know, you can, you, you can sit down and code that and get it exactly right in your distribution, you know, run your complicated simulations and take a couple hours and get your new distribution of points. But at the same time, like it's going to tell you the same thing that you already knew, which is that 
whatever was anchored to the, you know, the opening total, however it was anchored, however it was adjusted from the original, uh, you know, market price in games one, two, three, four is going to be wrong. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, you know, some numbers, some quants to back a little bit of this up here. So let's, uh, let's go back to the NBA, uh, going back to when the game really changed. Do you know about when that was? When Steph Curry really kind of yeah, unlocked the three point shot. What do we say? That's my that's 10? my demarcation. 2010. What do we say? It's like 2013, 2013-14. Okay. Um, the uh, in fact, actually, let me see here. The um, the average total. Uh, the average total from 1995 to. 19 or to 2014 was pretty static. The average total in 1995 was 199.1. The average total in 2014 was 200.4. Okay. So it only went up one point over that 20 year span. Okay. 2015, it crept up to 205. 2016, it was 210. 2017, 212. 18, 221, 222, 224. And now it's been kind of fluctuating up here in the 220s. The average total this year, Andy, you want to guess what it was? 222.2. 228. Well, I had no 228. Idea. We had a huge, like, you know, we're at, we're in like record setting territory here for, uh, you know, what NBA totals should be for a given game because the three point shot is now, you know, we're, we're living and dying with, uh, you know, you know, dunks and threes um so huge huge influx of points as you go from 2014 to 2022 so if i just take those you know those years so say 2014 to, to today um and we're going to go with the uh, playoff games that are um games one through four which are kind of neutral right would you agree with that you watch yeah. enough NBA playoffs. Games one, two, three, or four, through four are kind of neutral. Like there's some weirdness depending on if a team's way overmatched yeah. and they're just they're getting swept out of a series. Like you know those those are yeah, those are kind of weird one offs. You, you have to adjust faster. But if you yeah, well, like, hey, we we lost yeah. two road games, but we were competitive. Now we go home. We think we can swing this series. Yeah, sure. yeah. So um, the average total in games one through four in that span where we we are living in sort of the new era of high scoring basketball is uh is 214 points for a playoff game games 1 through 4 that's your average total okay okay you want to guess what the average total in a game 7 is like 3 points lower it is 206 so we are we've it's been adjusted down 8 points the average game seven. The average the average game seven is eight points lower than games one through four. Okay. The average games. Oh, let's go outcomes. Yeah, you want to go outcomes. <laughs> yeah, that one go outcomes. Game sevens. You want to guess how often they hit under? I I wanted to know the average like total points scored. No, no, we'll get there next. But just okay. just in general, like. I'll just tell you that nine, you know, the out of, uh, I'm looking at 28 games here, 19 went under, nine went over. Okay. So just betting in the blind into the under, even at close, you're killing game seven. Yeah. You're like killing it. 
<laughs> the average margin of victory in these 28 games, nine points. Okay, so this kind of back of the envelope, like macro exercise is telling us that the adjustments from games one to four to game seven should be 17 points on average. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, and I do feel like even knowing that, I, what is what is going on in our brains? We're like, I don't know, Drew, let's say you you had your, remember when we created our own sports book? Yeah, sure. That was hard. Um, let's say you own your own sports book. <laughs> yeah. Knowing this information, like, could you in good faith open that total? Like, I don't know, just say the whole series has been, you know, 215. You opening a 198? I mean, I think you have to know what your betters are going to do and where it's going to yeah. close. Uh, I don't know, man. Probably. I think you do. Yes, I think you, still you do. Open like, I, think I, you still, open I still think if you... I think you do. I think even that much, just enough people with money know about it. And I think I would go people, 15 points lower. I would go 15 I, I points was, lower. I was going to say, I'd yeah. go like 203, and you'd still yeah. take money the over. Yeah, I'd go 15 points lower. And I think you're going to be fine. But so, you know, you can come up with some very sophisticated, you know, ways to actually model this to come up with what the game seven price ought to be. But I I have a tough time telling you that there is a more <laughs> there's that it's worth the squeeze, right? It's small sample size. So some of the data you've got is a little noisy. Uh, it's uh, it's rare. We we only had two this entire playoffs or two rounds. Oh, and by the way, uh, there is a strong correlation. Just this is a side note. There's a strong correlation with the closer the actual teams are in terms of talent, the more uh, you know violent <laughs> this this effect is, right? Um, because the harder, in, you, the harder you can and feeds me, the harder you can go into alts. The harder you can go into alts. Uh, and again, like just as an example. Um, in round one, game seven unders in this time span, yeah, five and six. Nothing to write sure. home about. In round two, four and eight. All right, they're missing on average by uh, six points. <laughs> in the conference finals, you want to guess? Uh, just you know, just yeah, out of uh, out of four games that we have in our in our tiny sample size, four, seven, eight, and twelve. No, all four, all four went under, okay. all four went under, uh, and they missed on average by twenty points. Oh, <laughs> you average those four numbers; it does not get to twenty. No, 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 no. It's quite, a quite a lot lower. It's quite a lot lower. Uh, and we've only had one ever. We've only ever had one finals game seven in that span. And you, you know did the see answer some to this already. You yeah. know that's one. <laughs> that one was that one went under by twenty five points. That was one of the most spectacular games of all time. Maybe the best actual game of all time because that was uh, Celtics Warriors, of course, in twenty fifteen, which was actually you know, twenty fifteen season, which was June nineteenth, twenty sixteen. Uh, total closed two oh seven. Final score at ninety three to eighty nine. Um, so I guess. You know, this is this is kind of a long way of saying that, like, there are and, and you know, and, and I think the NBA playoffs is probably a unique example. I think NFL, though, is pretty clearly falls into this category, too, just because it is small sample size. And because, you know, if you are first to market with information, that matters a lot more than how accurate you can price something. Um, our friend Sam Lipscomb already brought it up in the chat. Feels like some of the bigger edges come from qualitative in the NFL because everyone's using the same sort of EPA success rate. Yeah, you know, 
you can you can find the next new best normalized piece of data only going to move your number third second decimal like the win probability it's not going to move it that much i know and this is where i kind of wanted to get into and maybe this is bordering on just um working with better data working with different data being different asking different questions but i think like you said you start you start with your gut let's not even say quantitative qualitative let's say we go from gut we go to modeling, light modeling. Mm-hmm. We dip back down to knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same. These, the first being a newbie qualitatively and being in that second tier qualitatively are different. This is gut. This is using knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think you can, that second tier of knowledge, I think that leads into just better modeling. Yeah, because exactly. Like you yeah. said, everybody, yeah, everybody's just if yeah. everyone's just looking at success rate and yeah. like EPA per play, and yeah. you're just again, you're all gonna come up with the same damn answer. Yeah. Then you get you you ask better questions qualitatively, like how does how did these matchups in the NFL affect gameplay? Sure. How did how does a matchup of a top five offensive line in you know, just like pass block win rate against a really like because not everything, and this is something I've really started to look into for golf, and I just am not quite there yet. But, you know, let's say you have an average of a stat, and you have a team that is two standard deviations better, mm-hmm. and you have a team that is two standard deviations worse. Yeah. Well, this isn't a lot. There, I think there's a lot of stats where being the best is not going to make that big of a difference compared to being the worst or v- vice versa. <laughs> yeah, you're basically saying an asymmetric distribution. Yeah, yeah, you, there, yeah. You, the, the standard distribution for the stats, but very asymmetric for the outcome. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like, hey, this team, but this team is so good at this one thing. Yeah, as it turns out, being great at that one thing doesn't actually give you a big effect on your defense or oh, sure. it doesn't give you this big effect. And I think that's where, you know, asking those questions is just going to, that's where you're in that, Hey, I've, I've acquired this knowledge. Now I have questions to answer. And that leads you to, like you said, more, more modeling and honestly, sure. probably a lot of answers that don't answer anything. Like you're going to, it's just like, oh, man, I could never be a scientist. Their lives have to be so empty. because like like half of half of like being a research scientist half of the questions you answer just like oh null thesis like oh we learned nothing oh here's another thing that didn't come up with anything oh sure that's i think a lot of it is going to come down to that like you're gonna you're gonna test a lot of things and find uh just super low correlation to anything like this doesn't mean anything or we just don't have good enough stats or charting on this to actually figure anything out but I, I think some of you smart cats out there are going to come up with some stuff that's actually going to matter and you're going to find some edges and it may not be the edge in the market. You thought you, I think a lot of people and we've both run into this where we've tried to answer a question, ran some stats, done some modeling and we answered a different question and be like, Oh, well, I'm trying to figure out how this affects totals but I actually just figured out how this affects running backs. And I think I need to, <laughs> I think I need to be entering the prop market with this yeah, right. information rather. Right. So kind of keep, keep an open mind on that too. Sometimes you answer a different question than you ask. Yeah. I think where I've kind of gotten, especially with NFL stuff, um, 
where I kind of keep coming back to is you have a thesis, you go and track down some data, you test it out, you or and or you you have a mental model that's qualitative, and you figure out I'm gonna I'm gonna put some goddamn numbers to this. Let's figure out exactly what it's worth. And at the end of the day, it was shades of gray difference than what you would have guessed. Which right? is disappointing, but which you is also, disappointing, but it's but like, you learn you learned that it, it, down the road. When you yeah. hear, you know, maybe that's a narrative that's driving yeah. a market, you yeah. know, like, hey, you guys are wrong. I'm going the other way. Yeah. You're like, oh, I, th- I feel like this happens like 20% of the time. Like, okay, I'm going to spend an entire day and figure out, oh, it happens 21% of the time. Yep. That doesn't, good. that helps you. It's zero. It doesn't help you at all other than just, oh, I, I, I now I maybe I have a little more confidence in saying something. I like, guess that's yeah. not really going anywhere. So, you know, I think, um, you know, that's kind of the back and forth I've always gotten stuck with. And, you know, if you're if you're betting into close and you need to know exactly the answer, then obviously you need to go a step beyond a mental model. You need to go a step beyond qualitative theses. Uh, if you're Kelly staking in some market where you're going to have an enormous amount of volume, like NBA NBA regular season stuff, um, uh, you know, baseball regular season stuff, tennis, even like if you're going to, yeah. you know, if you're going to Kelly stake into those type of markets, then you better have a number that's, you know, and you better have a, you know, kind of a well-defined numerical edge. Um, but I feel like with, you know, NBA playoffs and NFL and NFL playoffs, certainly like, you know, you can just kind of sit down and say, you know what? I feel like experience matters in the NFL playoffs. How much does it matter? I don't know, but it matters. I don't know, know, but it matters. So you have this team with, you know, quarterbacks never made a start. This other team where, you know, they went to the Super Bowl three of the last five years. Like the team with experience is probably going to do better. And like, yeah, you know, you go to the trouble of collecting all the data that's available on this and it's going to be fraught with problems anyway. Like, you know, your own mental model is shaded by the fact that we've seen Belichick and Brady and the Patriots uh, you know, beat up on, <laughs> beat up on, uh, uh, inexperienced teams year in, year out throughout two decades, you know, it's it, so, you know, you, you definitely, uh, uh, you know, have some of the same issues with doing the actual legwork and the qu- quantitative part of this as you would, you know, coming up with the narrative in the first place. But I don't know, man, this is uh, this is another interesting kind of concept about like uh, the schedule, right? A lot of schedule talk going around right now. Who's oh impacted my God, it's, for rest yeah, it, this is whenever there's anything, blah, blah, blah. Because, um, well, it's because the NFL is king and people yeah, gravitate yeah. towards anything. And yeah. there have been a lot of, I, I don't like just getting in Twitter arguments with people, yeah. but I've come really close a couple of times yeah, where it's yeah. like, hey, yeah. I mean, we Let's touch on that because, I mean, to make this evergreen a little more, because this is going to be evergreen any year mm-hmm. and almost truthful, almost true for most sports, but the NFL, especially because it's such a small sample of games, like your strength of schedule is really just based on who you play and the changes that are going to come based on the order or the amount of rest you have are going to be small and the fact is that the surprises that we're going to find during the season, like, oh, hey, if the Seahawks were like a five regular season win total team last year. So that's a good that's a good mark on our schedule. Our strength of schedule is easy because we play the Seahawks. 
there's going to be some of those. There's going to be some that go the other way due to injury or just not working out. Like the differences that are going to happen during the actual season playing out are going to be so much greater than the sum of all these little edges in the rest spots and the travel spots that all that stuff probably isn't, isn't useful as far as here, I'm using this to price out edges on the regular season win total market. Mm-hmm. Again, we kind of went over this when we talked about futures, like getting into regular season win totals really early is probably a little sketchy. And I'm willing to, you know, wait until camp, wait until preseason to start putting some thesis because uh, there's going to be four or five teams that greatly outperform their win total. There's mm-hmm. going to be five, you know, four or five that go well under. There's going to be a bunch in the middle that are sitting between two and three games off. And like, that's the kind of schedule analysis I want to do. I don't want to mm-hmm. look at, oh, they, they have, you know, they have one less day of rest three times. I want to look at like, they play yeah. like six teams that have a long tail too. <laughs> oh my God. Like one thing right, happens. You just nailed what, it. You know, okay. One thing so, happens, right. The, the, they're yeah. playing a bunch of tough teams. Yeah. You, uh, you kind of hit the head nail on the head with the schedule stuff in a way that I was hoping we would go. And yeah, I think this is kind of the example I'd make. Let's say you really sit down and you're like, I'm going to scrape all the EPA per play data for the last 20 years. I'm going to develop a regression that tells me, rest advantage in number of days between two teams is worth what on an EPA per play basis. And then we're going to carry that forward into our simulation and then simulate how many points that's worth against the spread. And I'm going to come up with this regressed model and it's going to tell me that every day of rest is worth 0.05 points. And (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah. It's probably close. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I'm going to look at the schedules and I'm going to say, oh, wow, this team is, they have, a, they have a net rest advantage across the full season of minus 12. Well, the four of those are minus ones. They're really not anything, right? Yeah. And, you oh, know, so oh, your, your coin flip is now a coin flip. <laughs> your coin flip is now a coin flip. <laughs> 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 I'm doing the God. What was the show? Yeah, my ride. Oh, I heard you like coin flips. So I got yeah. you a bunch of coin flips. So I got you a bunch of coin flips. Exhibit, yeah, and pimp my ride. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's you could really, really go hardcore data science on it and come up with exactly the right answer and then for carry it forward and not really find much of an edge over it. Whereas at the same time, you could just count how many games is a team have a rest advantage that's more than three. And I'm just, I just am curious. Well, this team has three where they're at a disadvantage this, and none that are at an advantage. This team has two where they're at an advantage, none at a disadvantage. They're in the same division. They're priced about the same. I have them power rated the same. I'm trying to decide who to bet on to win the division. Obviously go with the team that has two rest advantage spots versus the team that has three minus right like that you know you don't really need to know exactly what the impact is going to be win loss side it's just helping you kind of decide which you know direction to go in um and i think you know i think that's kind of a, a more effective way a time better spent uh to use some domain knowledge and some mental models to make decisions about what to do stake you know betting wise and then going to the actual trouble of coming up with the exact decimal point answer to the win probability and the correct price for the game. That's just my feeling. Yeah. 
That is super weird. No, that was exhibit. <laughs> it was I, exhibit. I just yeah, said like exhibit. I just said like oh my god. That show, but my daughter really loves Eminem now, which is a problem because that now <laughs> as when as a kid, it's like shit, this this shit slaps. He's saying what I'm thinking, but now when you have like a preteen, it's like, man, you can't listen to this. This is problematic as shit. And he says a lot of swears. Yeah. But so had that on the Spotify the other day, and then it, I just kept it on this morning. So I got in the truck and just playing like mid, you know, early two thousands rap, and mm-hmm. it played whatever song. I it's like, what's the difference? I think what's the difference between me and you? Me and yes, you. Yes, and that's yeah. that's Exhibit, right? Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. I totally. I don't listen to Exhibit that often, but I did today. That's twice he's come up. This is a. Universe is saying something. I got to figure out what this means, but yeah, the uh, the 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 schedule. Like honestly, we didn't even think of that when we when we landed on this topic. But the schedule is such a perfect example for that, and I think um, it's yeah. a perfect example for the other way. Like you're saying too, is there's, you know, sometimes these mental models. Sometimes it's worth thinking about. Like, is what I'm thinking stupid? Yeah, sure. Because uh, sure. uh, I should do the opposite of what a stupid person would do, obviously. Yeah, and it, you do need to start thinking about some of that stuff because it, it's even the you know the schedule matrix that Drew does such a great job on and creates a lot of that is, hey, these aren't actionable angles. Like, hey, we know that they played a Thursday night game. It's like this is this is that little extra information that sure. Well, I ran my numbers and I give this team you know, uh, a number and this is what the market said. Why are they off? Like, Oh, there's a rest advantage. Like yeah. it's baked in, but it's good to know all these yeah. things, you know, what's baked in all yeah. the time. And I think the team by team versions of that are actually super useful because if you kind of do the, if you line it all up and you're like, okay, wow, four disadvantaged spots in the first half of the season, these are the market are, thinks these are all coin flips. And now we're going to push them a little further from a coin flip. Like, I wanted to bet this team, but pretty obviously the entry point on anything positive about these guys, awards, division, futures, it's November. <laughs> like chill out, right? Like there's, that's the right way I think to weave a lot of that stuff in and you don't really need the quantitative part of it to do it. Um, another kind of good example of, of like lesson learned here. So um, there's, there are certain players who are dealing with injury into a game, you know it. Yep. Questionable. They matter. You know they matter some amount. Um, or they play a position in a certain way that the risk of injury is higher, risk of re-injury is higher. And, you know, you can come up with, I've done this before, where you come up with a very sophisticated way to simulate the games that captures the likelihood that that player gets injured. And you'll never believe it, Andy. But there's a long tail to that team losing by margin. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe it. I have a question. Wait, is, <laughs> sure. is that tail even longer if they're a quarterback? Of course. Absolutely it is. And like the degree to which I, you I have, have I have precision, this thing where I don't yeah. think – I think I could have gotten to that without your – yeah, exactly. And the precision to which you can actually capture that 100% correctly is only really useful if your options trading 
<laughs> it's not really useful yeah, if you're just the, betting into sides for the because, game. Well, and that not only that, but the chaos that you're inviting into a game by taking a major player, like a, an important starter, like a quarterback sure. or a left tackle or you know, mm-hmm. or a center. Honestly, losing a center mid-game is such a fucking fly in the ointment. Mm-hmm. Doing something like that, you're inviting so much chaos and variance mm-hmm. that there's no chance that any sort of even if you were able to options trade NFL futures or NFL second half prices, NFL, you know, end of the third quarter margins, like you wouldn't be very good at it anyway. That's so <laughs> difficult. Sure. The, the distribution of results in, you know, a chaotic event like that, it'd be so wide. Sure. I sure. mean, you'd, you'd like you said, like you keep saying, you'd be directionally correct. But yeah. pinning that down to, you know, even a range of like three or four points would be so difficult yeah and yeah. useless yeah <laughs> so then the other is side it, i mean is that the, is that the over the overlying kind of theme here is like don't waste your time yeah trying well, to be you, so precise yes with to get to some useless information when you already know enough to get you to the right answer absolutely i would right. i will advocate i will advocate as t- till the end of the earth that there is time better spent than doing that part yep. of the process, right? If in the same sort of sense as sounds like, dumb though, it's just like be right. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is the other side of the coin. Which is if you're trying to handicap a new sport or if you're trying to enter a new market where you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have the reps, um, domain knowledge is key, uh, and sometimes it's impossible to get. I still really, really wish I had a better understanding of why some offensive schemes and some defensive you know strategies are effective and are ineffective for certain lineups and certain matchups in the NBA playoffs uh and like good another great example like we middle of the game yesterday between the nuggets and the uh um and the lakers there some you know just you see it happening in front of your eyes that uh Aaron Gordon you know, when he was deployed in the dunker spot, like the entirety of the, um, uh, you know, Nuggets defense was useless. And like 10 experts for NBA all at the same time had the same observation. And I think they even said it on the broadcast. Keep doing it's like, that. It's like, you can't, it's like, you can't, you got to make an adjustment here. Like Malone, what are you doing, man? Like, you got to make an adjustment. You can't have Gordon in the dunker spot. Like it's giving Anthony Davis the freedom to completely wreck you, and uh, and at the same time, like uh, you know, they're getting advantage matchups on the other side, and it's like, okay, well, everybody saw that and know that, know that. I was like, the dunker spot, okay, yeah, that like is that like kind of so you got near the say, rim? You don't hear that <laughs> like what? Like I, it's just like com- like in one ear, out the other, because I just don't have the domain knowledge to synthesize what? that. Well, and here's another thing, too, is don't solve, and we've said this in a different way for more of a macro, but in the micro sense, don't solve a problem that's not going to help you. Oh, sure. Like, hey, like, like you're saying, I wish I had the domain knowledge to figure out why this happened when these two lineups matched up with each other and... They just couldn't get the spacing right, and you know they, the offense looked horrid. Yeah. Well, that team just got eliminated. Like, 
yeah, sure. Question one, like, is this a unique situation that like may never come up again? Don't don't sweat it then. Don't even spend the time on sure. it. It's not going to be any useful to you, and you know that domain knowledge might yeah. not lead to anything. So you know what I'm. Uh, you know what I'm kind of bent out of shape about, Andy. <clears throat> What's that? That ever you know what I'm bent out of shape about because I What's would that? just I'd like to see the Lakers actually make the finals. Here. Oh sure, uh, it was. I have never seen so many contested threes that just didn't have a prayer. Not even Russell the net. Like a couple of those threes in the third quarter. Pure, like, so oh pure. no, why are you throwing? Don't throw that up. And then it just it was it was a real like Ravel is who's just a nut job for some reason. One of the best games of all time, he said. I I think what he was trying to say was it was one of the weirdest, unique games. Cause it was a it was a fucking trip to watch that game. Yeah, I just didn't understand a lot of what was going. Well, on. I I I loved it because the side landed in the middle and the total went over by like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a very yeah. Profitable congrats game. to anyone who got a lot, six and a great half. game. Yeah, great game. I mean, I, I mean, uh, and yeah, midway so, through the third quarter, I thought six yeah. and a half was very dead. So no, the thing I was going to say I'm Ben shape about is that like I don't really understand why Doc Rivers is terrible in game sevens. I don't really understand why James Harden no shows in game sevens. But you, they, they, but they do. They, they know they happen, and I'm mad at myself for not, uh, you know, kind of having the foresight to say, I don't get why this happens, but it does. I'm just going to go ahead and bet the Celtics in Game Seven because uh, that was the only chance I'm ever going to have in my life to do that. Because <laughs> now Harden's gone and Doc got fired, so <laughs> you know you had one one bite at the apple there, and I blew it. Um, so yeah, that was a little tilting, not getting. Uh, not getting more Celtics down. Um, Did you not see the Ravel tweet? No. Said so people will dismiss it because it's not an NBA Finals game, so the stakes weren't as high. But what you just watched was one of the greatest games ever played. Huh? Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great outcome. <laughs> I don't give. I mean, a, it was, the game it was, itself was weird. I it agree was with a you. Very weird. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, the, the domain knowledge part of it, I think, is is something that if you don't have, you have to kind of bootstrap your entire approach with the quantitative. Uh, and until you get there, or if you ever get there, I don't know that I will ever will get there for the NBA. Like, um, and I guess like the NFL corollary where I feel like I did have a good grasp is you remember when like RPOs exploded, uh, and or the too high safety yeah. thing exploded. Like, well, our RPOs were a unique one because it, it it's morphed. Like really, yeah, the, right. the remember the, the Kaepernick Kaepernick Super Bowl yeah, year. Sure, sure, like sure. That sure. was that was just un, undefendable for yeah, for a while. Like, I oh my god, what do that, we do? Yeah. What do we do? It's almost like an option, but the other way. And like we've yeah. never seen this. The Packers still can't defend that. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, it's 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 still used. Like mesh plays are obviously still used and sure. it's it's evolved quite a bit and quarterbacks have gotten better at it. And then it's the chess match that is football. You have the defenses adapt to it. And honestly, it's it's changed the way players are drafted. Like it's changed the positional, you know, the positional value of certain defenders for you know how, how we've seen this play and this i mean the same thing goes with the two too high safety look and obviously that was the chess match of offenses adjusting for that and i mean that was the you know what's the clickbait youtube video for someone who makes like charting nfl stuff sure like, the brett uh, coleman this, uh, yeah yeah i don't want to pick on brad but like somebody well, who, yeah. like 
like someone like a shittier version of Brett would put out a video. It's like Brett copycat. Okay. This defense has broken and the chiefs dynasty is over. You know, kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Cause that's, that's the knee jerk reaction we have to stuff like that. And of course, you know, the, the next year NFL, especially Andy and the boys, they, they will adjust to something like that. But I think that's the most fun thing about any sport. I mean, obviously there's a million ways to use that analog for the NBA. You've already talked Surely. about how three point shooting and you know, how the mid range jumper has died. And yeah. uh, obviously I can't speak to it. I just don't know enough about the NBA, but uh, defenses have changed greatly due to, Oh, you guys are, the spacing is huge. We have to do a lot of different stuff. If, if you're not <laughs> just going to be crashing in and taking these yeah. 12 foot jumpers. Oh, I mean, still to this day, the, the, the tiny bit of domain knowledge I have about the NBA was one of the most profitable months of my life at the start of the season where they weren't calling the, um, they weren't calling free throws anymore for the, uh, the, whatever that foul is where you're out by the three point line and you, you know, the, oh, you kick your leg out the space. Yeah. You're getting you get guys in your space and you get the three point three, three free throws. They like had the rule change where it was like, we're not going to call that anymore. And it's like, okay. Blind bets some unders because these totals are going to be wrong until they adjust. And the unders went just absolutely nuclear for a month. It was un, it was absolutely it was, it was so 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 um uh it's just a beautiful sight. You didn't even need to know what the right number was, right? You just needed to be on the directionally correct side and you braked. Um and then similarly with the um with the two high safety concepts, you know, you see that you see those over a couple of seasons trickling up. You see which quarterbacks are impacted negatively if you know what you're looking for. This is all domain knowledge stuff, right? You're like, oh, man, the Rams have really solved Russell Wilson. <laughs> like, what's, what are they doing? And you listen to a couple of smart people. And you listen to some breaking. Like, okay, they're running the two high safety stuff. Like, well, why is that working? Okay, well, they're taking away the thing that really made him a dynamic passer. His athleticism is down a little bit, so he can't take advantage of some of the running space that he has now. Uh, oh, okay. I think I understand why the increase in this type of defensive scheme would impact a player like Russell Wilson. Let's carry this through and look at some of the other quarterbacks. What are their skill sets? Who else would this impact? It would impact these guys. These guys, it might actually help them. The Geno Smiths of the world, uh, you know, yeah. the guys who can comp- complete the, uh, you know, the five to ten yard stuff at a high act, you know, high, you know, high rate of uh, success. The guys that have a little bit of mobility, like the the Marcus Mariotas out there, like, yeah, oh man, maybe they're a little under. These guys are probably underrated, and these guys are overrated. If you just have the domain knowledge that helps you kind of solve that problem, <clears> once <throat> you see certain macro trends emerge or rule changes uh, get incorporated. Um, you know, you should be able to like capture things uh, qualitatively with the mental model in a way that, uh, you know, it's going to take the market weeks, months uh, to ultimately get there. And, and Sam brings up a good point. Sam in the chat here said the San Francisco mm. blueprint against yeah. Miami leading to the Chargers completely yeah. shutting them down. It's not always going to happen, but there are teams that are quicker to adjust. Mm-hmm. And when they do, when there is something like that, we're like, oh, this worked against the team, or, you know, there's teams that are slower to adjust and it wasn't some complicated scheme where you really need, you know, a top five free safety and a shutdown corner to make this work. And there's only like five teams that could make it work when it's something simple. And it's like this really stymied this team. And maybe it's because they have a bad quarterback and you just really figured out how to make him worse because he can't process things live. And it's like, Hey, there's, 
32 other teams that, you know, 32 teams that can do this. Sure. And you, and you, you know, the opposite can be true. Like this is a team that's terrible at adjusting in season. This coach is not a, t- a coach that's going to figure yeah. out how to, how to break this because great may, and maybe he knows how he just, he would know how, if he had a better quarterback, you're able to find a, a quick trend. The market's not going to be quick enough to downgrade this team because they should probably nothing happened. Nobody was injured, but we just found out like, this, you know, this, uh, I don't know, interior blitz package that everybody has is murdering this quarterback. And we're probably going to have to downgrade this team mm-hmm. two points because everybody has a couple of D tackles that can do this. Uh, I, that's fantastic. And uh, I'm glad that we got here because it brings up something that I wanted just your opinion. This is a total sidebar here, but uh, Chargers play the Dolphins week one, Andy. Chargers are under three. Mm-hmm. That total is 50. That's a big number for two defenses that might be elite this year. It's a lot of points. And then two and two quarterbacks that one I don't really trust. And like his yeah. his biggest positive coming into the season is that he learned jujitsu. And another one where I don't tr- I don't fully trust the offensive play calling. Sure. And well, we don't know. We don't know what we, the we, Kellen Moore is going to bring. Might, to yeah, we might have an upgrade. We might have an upgrade. We just don't I mean, know yet. Yeah, we don't know. But we do know that there's a lot more talented defense on the other side of the field than there was last year when they only scored 23. Um, and we also know that, uh, you know, the Chargers concept for really screwing with the wide receivers of the Dolphins, that's they're going to go right back to the well there. Um yeah, I don't really actually even need to come up with power ratings and a number to tell you that uh, I'm going to build in factors that get me to like a 47 there instead of a 50, <laughs> which is going to tell me to bet the under, right? Like this is kind of a long way to go around. Like, yeah, I'm not going to just bet it in the blind without any kind of quantitative underpinning, but I'm going to come, I'm going to craft you know, a model that captures all the things that I think are going to be factors in a way that it's going to get me there anyway. Right. So I can kind of shortcut the process and kind of see this one coming a mile away. Under 50 is going to be a bet for me week one in uh, LA Chargers, Miami Dolphins. Where is that game? Uh, It's at SoFi. Are we doing SoFi unders again? SoFi unders. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's that's that's kind of one just general example of you know you if you have a again the domain knowledge of this coach ran this scheme it worked they're gonna pick it up they're gonna use it here it should be effective this is how you stop you know the the book is out on you know pl- you know team X stopping scheme Y that's destroying the league you know. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is, is crazy valuable. And I think it's going to get you further in the NFL than having the world's most sophisticated and adaptable computer model that's informed by domain knowledge anyway. (laughs) Right. Like, I think that's kind of where I'm at with anything that's small sample size, really. Like if you're going to bet volume into MLB, obviously you need something else. If you're going to bet volume into, NBA sides as I do like you have to have an actual process that's repeatable that's quantitative because you're going to get it caught way too often in terms of like 
this player's out. How much does he matter? I think he matters to this, but it could be more to the total than the side. And his replacement players are actually better than I know. Like those kind of things, uh, you know, if you're not actually, uh, you know, plugging uh, data into getting an answer, I don't think you can do it uh, as effectively. But for NFL stuff, um, you know, there's just so many examples of, uh, you can get by with uh, a mental model as well, if not better than with uh, the most sophisticated quant model in the world. I'm Bowdy. The um, what else you got? Well, I don't want think... to keep you too long because we got no. I think good, uh, we got a good game brewing. Well, in the I want to. So I want to pivot this kind of the mental, the specific mental model part we were talking about relating to the trends in defense in the NFL and ask you um, what you think about this. Team. I think, and I think we, we've brought up an example for it real quick before you ask me this. Sure. It, it can be in game. Oh, of course. Um, uh, for the, sure. The, the biggest example, and we've used this example a dozen times in the show over the years, but Bill Belichick is a dirty cheater and <laughs> I respect him. Nothing more about him than that like he is fully willing to push the limits like that the best always are um and we've had the you know there's the example of it's happened more than once but if refs are letting receiver letting cornerbacks kind of play a little handsy yeah sure like that defense is coached to push that as much as they can or you know he try to get away with more try to get away with more we're going to shut this offense down. If they're, if they're going to let us get away with this, we're not going to be like, Oh, let's, let's take it. And uh, we're, we're happy that happened, but guys we're cheating out there. We can't be, you know, we can't be doing, we might get called. I'm going to push that even harder. These refs aren't calling it today. Like you, you can see in-game trends with refs with, you know, just uh, matchups, just like, Hey, this is, this this is broken. Or like, uh, you don't have to know what uh, the difference between, Who's your best corner in the game right now? It's like a four-way tie for me. Sauce Gardner. It's he's up there, man. He's like top top five in the eight five for sure. Um, Um, Who else are you putting in your top four? I want a number one. It doesn't matter. Like let's just use Sauce. But like, what's the difference between Sauce and his backup? You don't need to know that. Like you do need to know. Like, hey, we have an in-game cluster injury, and again, it might not be. It might not be betting on the team that's playing the Jets that day. It might be betting on some in-game props on their number one receiver, or if it's a quarterback who's been happy to have mm-hmm. a low A dot and check down a lot. It's like, hey, that this tight end is just—he's gonna be, you know, we're gonna have to move a, a nickel corner in, and he's playing, and suddenly the nickel corner is actually a linebacker at this point, or a backup safety, and this linebacker is gonna be facing a guy who's just a fucking special teams guy at this point. Like figuring out, you know, which which way is uh, the money, which which way is the money gonna be flowing for something like that happening? And you don't have to know what that corner is worth. You just have to know what the you know directionally correct direction is at that point. Yeah, the best corners in the league are all young guys right now, man. They age out so fast yeah. right now. Gardner, like, Horn, Sertain. This is like a totally new world because back in the day, it took forever to get up to like legit uh, good corner status. Um, all right, so kind of one closing thought here, and then I want to ask you an NFL question. Um, 
I would say the mental model part of this that is worth spending more time on. If you're if basically if you're going to reallocate your time from the heavy quant stuff to more mental models, more qualitative domain knowledge type of stuff, I think it's worth still exercising your ability to think probabilistically, which is again what we do a lot on this podcast, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know, what are the chances, Andy, that Anthony Richardson is an above average quarterback? I'm gonna give you four outcomes for Anthony Richardson this year and give me realistic probabilities that add up to one hundred percent. Like going through that that kind of exercise, I think is still extremely valuable. We do this all the time on the show, just you yeah. and I. Yeah. Or we, sometimes we do it just in DMs with each other or in, mm-hmm. in group chats. Sure. They're so useful because there's always somebody like, and sometimes it's somebody to say, hey, you're wrong. Like, because have you thought of this? And sometimes that's the best stuff in the world for figuring these things out and understanding how you need to attack a market or, or again, leave a market completely alone. Yeah, especially because if you like price that stuff and you're like, okay, what's the chances that Anthony Richardson is uh, like borderline, like like top ten quarterback? Okay, what's the chances that he's you know starts out slow but gets to be average or better by the end of the season? What are the chances that he's uh, you know he has a your typical rookie struggles and what are the chances that he just cannot play at the NFL level? Right, you build that probability distribution down. You're like, I'm gonna give him five percent or ten percent chance that he's like legitimately good and you're like okay well if that's the case then his rookie of the year price should reflect 10 percent chance that he's that good that he has a rookie of the year type of campaign and well it's shoot it's 15 to 1 21 i don't know what the actual price is but if it's (laughs) if it's a price that's uh you know that presents value relative to what you think you know your your probabilistic likelihood that he reaches that level is then you know, you get yourself a rookie of the year bet, right? So yeah, that, that's kind of, I would still really try to exercise mental models to the tune of putting together probability distributions for, uh, you know, specific type of uh, uh, questions that matter. Um, and then I guess in that context, um, there's been a lot of buzz, the buzziest team in the NFL, weirdly, has been the Browns. Everybody and their mother can't wait to get a, a piece of Browns Island. This I, uh, and I, I think I, I know we're looking back at the year and looking what they've dealt with over the last couple of years. I don't know where there was this disconnect between man, Stephen, Kevin Stefanski is getting it done in Minnesota. Like this guy is, it's a guy. Like he's a guy that's going places. And then I don't know where we we kind of just trailed off on that that hype train and i i understand that hype train was directly predicated on what he's had to deal with at the quarterback position for the past couple of years but it's it's one of those things where i think kevin stefanski might just be a really good coach and we haven't seen the best of it yet i'm not in on the hype i'm not in on the cleveland <laughs> hype train but that's kind of my my thought process for what, what what's their long tail to being Sure. AFC North champions. Obviously, it's it's yeah. really, really, really dependent on Deshaun yeah. Watson getting to even to like ninety percent of his peak when he was with the Texans. Like yeah. that that matters. But I think secondarily, and it's probably a there's probably a big gap between this. And honestly, the first thing probably depends on the second is Stefanski continues to grow as a coach. And he's like we talk about it. It's like this is a top five coach in the league this year. Yeah. 
Um, and Charles okay, so, this like the Bengals regression would help. Oh well, that's definitely that's definitely coming. I think. That'd be useful. Um, all right, so tell, help me understand this then. What is what what is your mental model for Deshaun Watson reaching top five QB status this season, considering the system he's in and the weapons he has to work with? Uh, the likelihood that his style of play does not fit with Stefanski. And therefore, what you saw at the end of last season is what you're going to get this year. Yeah. The likelihood that Deshaun Watson can't evolve his game to thrive in the current environment, which is too high safety heavy, to where what you saw last year, you know, is, is going, there are going to be certain games and certain teams that game plan him well. And he's going to have some weeks where he looks amazing and some weeks where they just, he just can't function in the, you know, against the opponent he's playing against. Uh, and then, you know, I guess the last outcome is that just he's physically shot. He's over the hill. He's, he's on like the career decline. Yeah. And then I think you turn it into like a kind of a two parter where can he get to, can he overcome all? Cause there's, you're, you're pointing out just like eight, eight different ways it goes wrong. Sure. I think you just lump those all together and to be like, he either can't hack it physically anymore. He can't adjust to this new defense because he's been away. And, you know, it's crazy. Like the NFL didn't move very fast for a long time. It's almost like computing where God, what's the, what's the microchip uh, principle where like the microchip gets half as small every year or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking and about. And any of those, like, the NFL Computing moves. Computing power doubles every two yeah, years or something. Yeah, something like, like that, where, you know, uh, the fact that the NFL, the adjustments we talk about, the chess game happens so much faster. It's bullet chess now, guys. Mm-hmm. It's so quick that, like, missing that amount of time is probably way more detrimental than it was 10, 20 years ago. Like, he has a lot of negatives against him, and I mean, him ending up as a top ten quarterback is probably like twenty five percent at the at the most. If you really believe that this, uh, you have to believe in Stefanski. You have to believe in the pieces around him, and you have to believe Watson is one hundred percent healthy. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just the like, hey, this guy might be a sex pervert, <laughs> and like, well, that's that they don't make people register as sex offenders because they're like, oh, this guy did his time. He learned his lesson. <laughs> they make him register because uh, that sort of thing tends Recidivism to Recidivism is high. Yeah, it <laughs> tends to be repeatable at a, at a high level. So there's also the worry that, like, hey, this guy might go to prison. Um, I, the other kind of things in the back of my head that I didn't even mention, like, so my, my, I, I, I'm going to ha- learn the hard way with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I'm not on that island this year until proven otherwise. Uh, I think that the most likely outcome is the ups and downs where certain defenses that are defending him with the too high safety and really kind of, uh, you know, making him operate outside of what is otherwise a very good system uh, is going to be his undoing in some games, but other games he's going to look amazing um, because he's on a very talented squad. So I think it's going to be, that's the most likely outcome is ups and downs for me and that he somehow lands kind of in the middle. One of the I'm, reasons I'm not think- I'm not on the Browns Island, but I'm also just like flying over and looking out my window seat and waving at the entire AFC North archipelago. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm have fun out the, there. there. There's um, the the, yeah. the amount of you know yeah. 
the amount of outcomes you have with the Browns, the can the can the Bengals keep doing this? The you know the is Lamar healthy? Did they get enough receivers? Is getting you know Odell Beckham? That's a huge question mark. Bateman hasn't really shown anything yet. Like that just might be a oh my god, we still don't have a good wide receiver core. And then the you know fucking I'm trying to think of a good analog for the Steelers. Five hundred. Like, like it's like that Steelers, thirty one yeah. that thirty one year old dog. Like how how is every yeah. year? How is this still happening? How is, still how is this happening? dog still alive? Like they just they, they keep like losing key pieces and it's still like well they're still a winning team every damn year. Um yeah I yeah I'm also I'm there uh and I really don't uh I really don't feel like the Browns are gonna I, you know I I guess I don't have a declarative statement about the Browns other than that ship is sailing without me. (laughs) And, and, uh, the, um, if if I miss that boat, I'm fine. Yeah. And like the, one of the thing that people continually do, and I'm curious your opinion on this about Deshaun Watson is that it's always couched in, uh, if he gets back up to the blank top five, I mean, I say, yeah, there are a lot of quarterbacks who I think you have a more likely chance that they're because just because of their career progression, because the increase in experience, because of the schedule that they're up against easy, you know, the Jalen hurts example from last year, right? Like if Deshaun Watson had started gate week one last year and people like, if he could just get up to top five, I would have still said, well, it's, I think you're probably more likely that Jalen hurts is going to be able to make the leap to top five considering the opponents he's against and just in general the system he's in and the talent that's around him right like I, you know they think that there's a discounting of other players making the normal career progression to get to, to making the top more crowded on top of the fact that when deshaun watson was the top five quarterback the quarterback play across the league was not as good no there's more like, yeah, now. There's the more good most, quarterbacks now. The most likely outcome, and I think this probably has like, if you want to, this should have four outcomes, but the most likely outcome is he is the third best quarterback in his division, and that should be at like 75%. And because him him falling below whoever's, you know, whoever's going, if it's just Pickett, is mm-hmm. pretty low, although it's not zero. And then just him elevating him past uh, both Burrow and Lamar feels super unlikely. Like his second most likely is just Lamar has an offseason or Burrow regresses a little, which I don't I don't buy into. But like he's more than likely the Browns have the third best quarterback, have probably the third best coach, even if I do say nice things about Stefanski. And they're probably the third best team in that division. And I'm not saying that division is going to be a powerhouse, but just a lot of things have to happen. A lot of things probably have to happen negatively in Cincinnati and Baltimore for for the Browns to just make this weird leap. Yeah, they have a I, lot of pieces. It just it's it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I can actually feel like uh, I don't. I think when we get to that preview, it's going to be fun. Uh, but I'm probably going to price out Cincinnati finishing fourth just because, as you kind of are alluding to. It's awfully, awfully tight, tightly packed at the on the on the archipelago, <laughs> and not a lot has to go wrong. As far as archipelagos too, that'd be a shitty one to take on vacation. Yeah, 
It's just cold. I mean, it's yeah. nice in the summer, I guess. I don't think there's, I don't think any awards are coming out of the AFC North. I don't think anyone's, you know, like the literally like somebody scratches and claws their way to, to 11 wins. Probably. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an award. <laughs> it's not coming to me Mm-mm. for sure. Mm-mm. Oh, it's no. it's not gonna it's not gonna be like NFL NFC least where we've had four bad teams and someone scratching. It's just gonna be I don't know. I think it'll be probably similar to the to the NFC uh I almost said NFC Central. Man, throwback. NFC yeah. North, where it's like, hey, here's three good teams that aren't that good though. Okay, so let me ask you a better question then about the because the Bengals let me, regression let me ask isn't, you better isn't like them yeah. going like six wins. The Bengals regression is let me let me frame the crush the the crush the question correctly about Deshaun Watson because I framed it poorly before. The, mo- the mental model that I'm looking for is why did what happened last year happen? Maybe you don't think it matters, but like why did he suck in his in his short time? Yeah, why did he suck? Was it because he doesn't yeah. fit the fancy system. Was it because they that the he has not adapted to the current style of defense in the league? Is it that he's just suffering from an aging curve, or was it rust that could be shaken off? Yeah, and I, I think that's where I, that's where I could be bought into a pro Browns position is if we see good things early on in the season, and it's like. I don't know, similar to what you saw early on with Roman and Lamar, where it's like, man, they did not try to go round peg square hole at all or square peg round hole, however you want to say it. Like they designed this offense for him and they're two steps ahead of the league right now. Mm-hmm. Like if there's even, even if they're like level with the league defenses and they design an offense where it's like, this is good for Watson. I could buy into some Browns. I'm willing to change my mind pretty quickly on it. If they start to get good quarterback play and we see a good offensive scheme that brings out his strengths, you know, more uh, willing for Watson than Russell Wilson, I'm assuming because of the talent around him. Yeah. Is that crazy? Would you agree with that? Just both guys so much. You got to be able to separate their personal lives because. Boy, it's fucking, uh, it, it's it's it sucks that I'm putting this as like a tie because Russell Wilson is the criminal. He's just criminal cringy. Like, but I hate him both so much. Um, you know, uh, Wilson, Wilson succeeding this year. I mean, it has to be just like I think we'll we'll find out just how bad we had it last year with Hackett. Okay, I mean, it'll be more on the. A coach that's able to say, I don't care how long you've been in the league, I'm your head coach, and this is how we're doing things. Cause I don't think I don't think Hackett had any control of the situation. You talked about just if, if the, the transition from being a Seahawk to a Bronco just went poorly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my read. And a lot of it was just the lack of strong leadership there. So I mean, we've got we've got a guy I feel like can probably take the reins and he's worked with, you know. A pretty decorated quarterback who, in the past, so I'm, okay. I think I think we'll be all right there. I, I'm I'm fine with Denver taking a big step forward because they have some weapons, man. Yeah, I like the defense a lot more than the offense. 
listen, I don't know how good these receivers are. We have all this hype for several <laughs> years about how good these receivers are, and then that's the kind of offense we run doesn't let and and injuries. To be fair, a lot of injuries to those guys. So I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a really fun offense next year. Okay. And I mean, you're right. right. There, there are some good pieces. You do have a top corner. You do have other pieces. You have some good defensive linemen. Oh, uh, who's the Jaguars corner that I can't think of? He's in my top five. Campbell. Yeah, Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell's good. I, I think he's in my top five. He's good. Yeah. He's very good. Sir, Sir guys, Campbell. Sir You're Campbell, right. It's all young. Horn, Campbell's Sauce. like 24 tops. Sauce, Campbell, Sertain. Yeah. Campbell. Uh, re- rejuvenated Patrick Peterson. Kidding. Yeah, Campbell was good, not great last year. He should improve. He was a 20, 21 pick, so this is year three for him. He's good. Yeah, he could make a leap this year. Um, okay. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard we're bullish on the Jags. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There might be one bet to be made in the uh should we make a bet in the AFC North. I don't know where to find it. Some of those props aren't up yet. I don't know where to find it. Um because you I already said Bengals to finish fourth. No, no, that's, that not, that's, not, <laughs> that's not the bet I want, though. I want uh Stefanski first coach fired. He's going to be way down the board. And they have they have, uh, sure. they have the most expensive roster this year and next year. Pressure is going to be hot, hot, hot. Uh, early by. Um, a lot of divisional games early. They start Bengals, Steelers, Titans, Ravens. If they are 0-4... That is going to be a miserable bye week, week five. They come out of the bye week to play the Niners. Um, the season could be, and they could be in trouble early. Uh, and if that is the case, then uh, Stefanski could be in, in jeopardy. Plus, they, they brought Jim Schwartz in. I don't think that was Stefanski's call. That's uh. so, And that's the thing, too. Whenever there's a team like this where you can say, ah, uh, I think not only myself, but the market feels like this coach is good. He's going to make a leap forward. He has the pieces. With those words, expectations have been set. Yes. And first coach fired is always, almost always. Sometimes it's, I think we had a very unique situation with Urban Meyer where it's like, I feel like you might have been trying to get fired because nobody is a stupid that many times in a row, but a lot of times first coach fired is based on expectations, whether it's that season or you've just failed to meet expectations several years and you have a pretty low bar to clear and you still don't clear it. Whereas Stefanski probably has a decent sized bar. And if you go out and spend what you spent in capital in, you know, what the contract and honestly public perception to go get to Sean Watson. Yeah. And they stink out loud. Like you, you got to find a scapegoat there at some point. Yeah, uh, non-zero chance that they lose their coin flips and their three and seven with losses with oh and oh and five in division before we get to Thanksgiving. Yeah. At which point I think Stefanski's not feeling great about his job security. I like Stefanski too. 
Um, I just don't know that I'm, I, I think that the tail to the, you know, the, whatever the probability we came up, come up with for, and we'll think about this and revisit it when we do talk about the Browns for the season, but the probability we come up with that last year's um, failures were in some combination of Stefanski and Watson don't fit system and player skill Watson and current defenses don't fit. And neither of those things is easily solvable. Like whatever that probability sum is, is probably what you should price Stefanski getting fired first. I don't even really know who else is a realistic option. It's not up. Coach of the year is. <laughs> Sometimes there's some guys near the top of coach of the year that end up with that. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of a fun one. Uh, looking at those guys. Who are do you the know, top? Who is your who do you think your favorite is? For Who's coach been, of the year? Yep. Is it not Dan Campbell? It is not. He is your fifth favorite. Hmm. They drafted a running back, true. Oh, is it Art Smith? It is not. He's been mentioned on this podcast already. Hmm. <laughs> a coach? Huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, this surprised me as well. So I'm, I'm not looking at the chat right now. I'll see if someone will pop over. Uh, first coach for the this is you're talking about the favorite for for, for coach of the coach year. of the year. Hmm. The I'm award. Drawing, I'm I'm banging my head against the wall here. I don't know. It is Sean Payton. This is bet online. It's one market. The There's fuck? a bunch of guys. What? I, I feel like well, it, again. It, remember when Ron Rivera won it? two out of three years because yeah. he had that one in 15 year sometimes the floor gets set so low the previous year where it's like oh man russell wilson was broken you brought him back you turned this team in good and you had to play the chiefs twice maybe you won one of those games hmm. like i can see the narrative that's a perfect uh lafleur same hmm. thing oh my god this was a good team but our expectations <laughs> our expectations were low but holy shit man um not that mean but the our expectations are low because you're switching from, mm-hmm. you know, quarterback to a unknown. Yeah. Uh, Aberflus third, which does not track. Hmm. Uh, 11 to one. Is, you know, what, yeah. what are the odds that Justin Fields is very good this year? God, man. It's not 11 to one. Oh, see, that's, you know, that's a bad price. He's like 30 ish to one to an offensive player of the year. And I think that's probably right. Um, so I that's guess what, I'm, that's what say, I'm saying. I'm, I guess like, I'm going to say it's like less than 5%. Ever, ever flus to win coach of the year needs Justin Fields to be very good. Yeah. And it's 11 to one is not the price for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Sure. Dennis um, Allen is your fourth. That feels horrible. I bet him at like 35 to one. Yeesh. Um, no, oh God. So I went to, went to B-dubs, went to B-dubs uh, last night. Uh, I promised my daughter some chicken wings. And I love them too. And they had an NFL game on. It was, I think it was the game before Jameis got hurt. It was like a, a, a game from La, two years ago. And they mm-hmm. showed the, they had the graphic. Jameis is on pace for like 40, whatever <laughs> touchdowns and stuff. It hurts so much worse when you know, like, and you, and you see that and they put that up. Uh, Dan Campbell, like I said, is fifth at 14 to one. Then Shani. At 16, I bet some Shanning at 30-something. I also thought about, and I know he has a huge handicap, um, but Sirianni 
being 40 to one feels awful long for a guy who probably should have won it. Yeah. Uh, too much expectation of with a lot of those guys though. I know, so, um, like, yeah, you know, the, the other it. first coach fired, uh, like, you know, who probably is going to be, you know, yeah, there's, there's co-favorites I think at the top probably. Yeah. Todd Bowles and, um, Ron Rivera. Cause they got the new ownership group coming. He's going to be, a yeah, little, he's going to be a little lame ducky. Lame ducky. Um, they, and they're going to war with Sam Howell by all looks. Maybe Jacoby Brissett. Do you have a read on that? No, I think it's Howell. Okay. Rolling the dice uh, with Sam Howell. I don't, th- I, you know, he was safe last year, but McDaniels has to be in the conversation. Yeah, that's probably true too. Um, Gannon is safe. Even if they suck. McVay is probably safe based on what he did. Uh, McCarthy, the Cowboys just don't do in season, so it feels like he's probably safe. Uh, Vrabel, which sucks because I think he's one no, of the he's, best coaches. No, he's got the keys now. Does he? he? I don't know. He has more decision making power than the GM, I think. I know they've said sense. that. We've seen that in the past, though. I think he's fine, and I hope he's fine because I like him a lot. Hmm. Okay. Now, Ron Rivera should be up there. Honestly, Art Smith might be up there. Yeah. If things go really shitty and the offense is just garbage again. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna get a Stefanski price when that market opens just because I like I Dennis Allen. I like that look. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Allen, first coach fired. All right, let's wrap. Good show. Uh, I'm gonna go watch the heat try to cover this spread yeah they were winning there for a bit and they kind yeah, of had a they little went real cold um haven't really been watching to tell you one way or the other why and as i already already admitted i wouldn't even know why if i was watching so and hopefully uh, that they're down by 12. i would like that series to go six or seven so we could bet some unders is that too much to ask it's not too much to ask so all right appreciate you guys uh thanks for joining hit the thumbs up in the youtube if you watch it on youtube uh, subscribe to the podcast if you listened on audio. Have a good week. Have a good PGA Championship week. Uh, don't wake up too early because I don't think they're starting the tournament on time. There are frost warnings. as uh, They often have held this in New York, but back in the day, we used to have this tournament it was in, August, in August. So it made a lot more sense. So I made, a, I made a case for that in the newsletter today. I said, I'm all for tradition, but if you're going to have it in May, we might have to wipe New York, uh, Hazeltine in Minneapolis, Oak, Oakland Hills in Michigan. Like those traditional sites, they might have to get knocked out of the list. You might have to just head south, guys. It's still pretty cold up here. So Weird. enjoy that. Sweet. Yeah, who's your top pick? For me, one and done. Yeah, <clears throat> one and done has not been decided yet. I have to discuss what leaning leaning to Sander. X-Men. He's gonna give it to Maybe. you.